Welcome back to Podsite, everyone. This is Carlo. Uh, I am, of course, accompanied by the usual gents. Uh, hi, Chris. Hello, hey. Kurt. Hello, hello. How do you do? And we are back. We're back to finalize mm-hmm. the Sword of the Lictor, our next episode of the year of the new sun we're closing out the sword of the lictor chapters 26 through 38 damn damn near killed her yep (laughs) you know doctor did say that um (laughs) so um so yeah let's uh let's get started uh so chris you had mentioned uh something a little bit uh, offline about how uh, what was it? Th- there was a lot going on at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Like it, there's there's definitely a lot going on at the end here, and I I, I think that's based on this and and um, the other uh, the previous books. Um, it's clear that like Wolf does this thing where he he saves a lot of the bigger action stuff for the very very end, and mm-hmm. uh, like kind of like cuts off like he doesn't, but he doesn't like completed he's always like oh well i'll leave you there and if you don't want to join me i'll understand but see you next book (laughs) and like uh so yeah so but like it's it's and it's effective because it's very much like oh yeah here's all this cool shit and then like you're like okay well now you gotta keep going on I c- Tune in next time for yes. when Rocket Man escapes from the car. And and the books were released like a year apart from each other, right? Something like that, yeah. Okay. That would be yeah, that would be frustrating. <laughs> can imagine. Um so yeah, uh let's uh shall we perhaps continue upon this path this this path, difficult though it may be. <laughs> this, I I this is I, I, I'm. I have so many things to to mention in this series of chapters. It went some really weird places, <laughs> some great places though. It was very interesting and exciting and strange, and um, it was just bounding all over the place. What a strange conclusion! Yes, in these three books. <laughs> so uh, we 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 just to make sure that everyone at home understands, you know, previously. On sort of the lictor, um, yeah, we uh, we had followed Severian through the through like the mountains. He had uh, confronted the Alzabo in a very much you know sort of like confronting a demon um, type of way, and then slowly makes his way up into the heights where he sees uh, like a, a little village. Uh, in the aftermath of his, um, you know, uh, of his encounter with the Alzabo, uh, basically the family who had taken him in is pretty much all dead except for the little boy who just so happens to be also called Severian. Um, and so they see like this faint gleaming. He thinks it's a town up in the skirt of the mountains or whatever, or the lap of the mountain. And he walks up there and no, it's some weird facility that is surrounded by like these, I guess, Voltrons or mechs or something, you know, it's just sort of yeah. like, <laughs> you know, all standing around uh, and moving their heads in relation to the sun and or other artifacts. Who knows? Um, and there they meet none other than, you know, the greatest ruler this world has ever known. 
Um, Typhon. 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 <laughs> the most the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> He's so Stay interested thirsty, he, needed, he needed he needed he needed to make sure that you know people recognize the face. The face is the, that's the important part. If they don't see the face, they won't know it's me. Yes. So so this is stupid, but think about all the cool like moves that you could do with two heads. Like, like they could both be wearing sunglasses and you could take like one of them off and then the other, like, (laughs) or just wear glasses. And, uh, you know, like if you have two dramatic things to say, say one dramatic thing and then the other head takes off their glasses as well. When the second dramatic thing happens, you know, um, anyway, are you saying she's pregnant glasses come off first head mm. and you know like uh adopted yeah <laughs> glasses come off again anyway so um we we do meet uh typhon who uh is basically uh in this chapter basically uh mask comes off he's uh, mm-hmm. totally like um becoming like the great uh very luciferian you know he's yes, taking he's, up he's the, the devil <laughs> yeah <laughs> he is just the devil <laughs> um he's he's yeah. like th- throughout this whole parts he's just like completely like stark naked <laughs> like and and one of the first things it mentions is that severia notices that um as he he has a huge boner um, <laughs> while he's been talking, and it, and he's just kind of like jacking it casual style. Yeah, like as, as they're talking. <laughs> I think it says he's. I, I forget what it says. I think it says like he's he's nursing it or something. Yeah, like that. Yes, yeah. nursing it. Um, I mean, he's he's just he's sort of like you know he's jerking it a little conversationally. You know? Yeah, conversationally. Yeah, yeah. Just you just know, between dot, friends. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck. It, it is funny, right? Because it, it it's sort of like this weird um, thing that is, is this something that Typhon likes or is it <laughs> something that uh, is a, I think it's a, he, he's mentioning that the, uh, the involuntary uh, uh, body uh, movements are still under the control of, you know, mostly under the control of Python. Yeah. Um, so it, it, yeah, I'm wondering if it's just like, well, is that Typhon jacking it, or is it just like he's like, "Oh, let the baby have his way, Python, <laughs> go ahead." <laughs> well, it, it also it, he's like, you know, he's doing like the typical like villain monologuing throughout all this, <laughs> and uh, so like it's also it, I also got the sense that he was kind of just like, "Oh, I'm you know, this is this stuff is really." <laughs> so I, I I took it as it was uh, Typhon Homelander doing, style. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it it definitely um the the stuff with Typhon where he's like look look out of my giant eyeballs all of these things that you see if you but pledge field to me I will gift to you all the kingdoms of the I was like okay okay Gene okay yes yeah. I get I yeah, guess so, that he is Satan yes yes exactly <laughs> well yeah and well his whole proposition is. Ah, you know, I want to be the ruler or the autark of the universe, but I don't necessarily want to do it from Earth anymore. Because <laughs> he's like, hey, I, he, he, so he, he's proposing that um, Severian would be, will become the, uh, like the, I guess, kind of like the, he's the, the assistant to the to the regional <laughs> manager. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, right, yes. Um, yeah, like he he wants he wants the perks. Like, I shouldn't I be like on another world, escape this little mud ball finally. 
um yeah and 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 you know like that's something that i get the feeling he never was able to do before they they rebelled against him yeah know, and brought him down well there is a there's an interesting um it's it's impossible to say whether this is like you know just me reading things into things or if it's like an aspect of the character but I, there's a sense to me of a a monarch unbound right because typhon mm. is essentially reduced to what a monarch is, which is a maniac that demands things be their way. Um, mm-hmm. And and he is robbed of all of the effects of office, right? He is he is he is the autarch, but in name only and in bigness, basically. Mm-hmm. He's just a big guy with a boner who's like, I want everything to be my way and I'm going to demand it to be so. Maybe he has some weapons, presumably, or something. He's got a magic ring or whatever. Um but you know he doesn't have any vassals there's no court that surrounds him it really cuts down to like what what is a king or an emperor without you know with without the empire and it's really it's just a fucking asshole it's yeah. just a guy who's a real fucking asshole yeah, exactly <laughs> like he he literally does not even have the trappings mm-hmm. of office right and, he doesn't have, even have robes yeah. and that feels dangerous right like because because it's 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 basically just somebody who will do anything to anyone for whatever they want and there's no as you say there's no trappings to amuse or detain them or Mm -hmm. you know distract them in any way it's just you and them well and and he's also sort of like to to your point uh like perhaps at a different level like the fact that he's he's got like these uncontrollable um bodily urges is like this weird like this weird allusion to like this is at the core you know it's just pure id i want what i want and that's it well uh, well not only that though he he's not only like lacking an empire he's lacking control over his own body (laughs) like so like he's he's you know well he's just ahead yeah, I say he's just a head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a head bossing. He, yeah, he's a head bossing around the, a somebody else's body. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, but it, what is that? But a king. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the bit where he um, to like show do like the you know the Lion King moment where it's like oh all the, all this you see will be yours. He he, they're like in the one of the eyes of the like giant like Rushmore like statue of of uh, Typhon, and then they go to the other eye and they're like, Oh, now we can see <laughs> like there was, I, that was a good bit. I th- <laughs> oh, this was so covered with uh, the frost. I can't yeah. see anything out of here. I, I, I think like there's definitely parts like where I like Wolf is like definitely like he's trying to be funny, I think, but he's like not being like obvious about it. <laughs> like if you think like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he's, I, I think the book is very funny at, at parts uh, and deliberately so. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I, I don't disagree. There's a lot of stuff like, like, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's very um, you know very dryly and slyly put in there. And if you catch it, you catch it. You know, and you you share you share a, a, a chuckle with dear old Gene, oh, wherever he is now. There was a little wink and a nod moment later um, that I got a real little. Uh, I got a sensible chuckle out of um, to, to, <laughs> be, to, to be sure. I'll mention it when we get closer to it. All right. So, uh, yeah. So by the time, uh, it, so it, it comes down to uh, uh, Typhon wants 
Severian to hand over the claw. And Severian's like, nope, don't want to do it. He's like, no, no, you, 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 you will have to do it. Uh, yeah, like you won't eat anything. He's basically withholding anything that would help Severian in any way. Uh, if he does not hand over his claw under the pretext of, you know, like um, an oath, right? And I, I do love also that um, that there's a line where uh, Severian says, like, uh, yeah, you know, I have I have broken oaths before. I said, if I took, you know, your oath, I, I would break that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think and it's interesting because. um Typhon basically says, okay, fine. Like, well, whatever, then what does it matter? Um, and he actually, he also says like, well, you can, you can keep the claw. You just need to do with it what I tell you. And you never actually find out what he wants um, Severian to do with it or what he wanted him to do, would have wanted him to, to, to do with it. Uh, but it's, it's probably not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably. And then yes. something really cool happens. <laughs> Are you talking about the, um, uh- <laughs> the the special karate chop yes the one punch man uh this <laughs> one punch yeah. yeah so at the end of the uh of the episode um basically uh yeah like they get they get into it like back and forth um and uh severian notices that Pyatin keeps on mouthing something at him and he yeah. Can't seem to like he's not really concentrating on it or he can't seem to understand what what he's saying and um and at the end so uh typhon is like ah swear to me and believe me when it comes i shall be his master and he my most abject slave um oh i'm sorry i i jumped past that uh you know like basically that they uh the the mechs have been sort of looking at where the claw is Mm. um and severian says you know what of the new son if that if at last he comes will you be his enemy too as you were the enemy of the conciliator. And then that's where, you know, Typhon says, ah, swear to me and believe me when he comes, I shall be his master and he, my most abject slave. Uh, I struck then there is a way of smashing the nose, the heels of one's hand so that the splintered bone is driven into the brain. Hmm. One must be very quick, however, because without the need for thought, a man will lift his hands to protect his face. When he sees the blow, I was not so swift as Typhon, but it was his own face his hands were thrown up up to guard. I struck at Pyatin and felt the small and terrible cracking that is the sigil of death. The mm-hmm. heart that had not served him for so many childhoods ceased to beat. After a moment, I pushed Typhon's body over the drop with my foot. <laughs> I, I remember that whole, like, if you, like, oh, do yeah. an upper, uppercut thing. I remember that being, like, you know, a thing that pe- we would talk about in, like, middle school. <laughs> like, yes, def- yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, it, isn't that also in um, the Firestarter uh, movie? I don't know if it's in the book. I haven't read the book. Hmm. I've read uh, the book, but I haven't seen the movie. So George C. Scott's character, who I believe is supposed to be a native character, like a, oh, I yes. should say an indigenous character yes. in the movie or whatever, which, yes. okay, whatever. <laughs> Has like this, he, he'd, he'd uh, sidle up close to whomever he was going to, uh, you know, like 
karate chop in this way and basically he put like his <laughs> like his hand was over his heart like he's about to recite the pledge of allegiance like that and he sidle up to somebody and then just like whack him really quick <laughs> <laughs> and they you know they they twitch for a bit and then die in the movie but you know uh, i later learned much to my uh disappointment that that is not really a thing mm. that really happens i mean i guess you could if you are like very, like have very hard hands or something i i don't know hmm. but in general the the bridge of the nose is very hard okay well you led me astray gene wolf well you know he's doing it for coolness you know, that's fine. <laughs> um um but yeah so uh and and then <laughs> i i do love that he's like and then i was on my way later you know it comes down off the mountains Yes. I do love that he ends up on the shores of uh, what he eventually realizes is Lake Diaturna and uh, comes in and just basically like tries to uh, intimidate the, the, the village head guy, yeah. like the, the headman of the, the village. Uh, he's like, I am the grandmaster of so-and-so. Yeah, I'm the grandmaster severian of the, you know, guild of, uh, was it uh, guild of seekers of penitence? Uh, the guild, you know, is the torturers. Uh, fetch me this and that and the other and blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, just basically pulling as many power plays as he can on the dude. Mm -hmm. And they send him his dinner and it's <laughs> just immediately falls over drugged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I will say that that uh, eating mushrooms probably takes an hour or two at least for them to to really kick in. It it, it takes a minute, so he would have been. But maybe they're just very. I, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they're special mushrooms. But yeah. um, oh, we skipped over something which I wanted to mention. There was a oh, real nice little bit where Severian talks about like his loneliness, and he's like, I. He basically says like it wasn't so much that he was he he missed other people while he was up in the mountains but he he felt like he was losing his his individuality because when you are the only person amidst you know animals and nature you cease to be severian and just become man as like you are the oh, only yes. representative of humanity in you know in the landscape that you're in um and he basically says like you know people who prefer to be alone must enjoy feeling this way as if they are the only you know as if they are all of of mankind which i mm. thought was was an interesting uh observation yeah i i like the bit where he's like talking about like you know an animal will come across you and like just see you as man rather than you know the, yeah. the individual you are yeah it, it's you know the woods the woods do make you contemplate stuff so <laughs> <laughs> men be thinking in the woods yeah that's, that's right. right here um, but yeah, so, uh, he gets drugged and then, uh, immediately, um, becomes, he's like basically bound, uh, you know, hand and foot bound and, and put into like their boats. And, um, so th this is supposed to be <laughs> Lake Titicaca. Oh, um, okay. So that's why if you'll notice the, the boats are made out of reeds. Mm -hmm. And they're pointed up at both ends, you know, mm. just like the old timey way of mm. making reed boats. Interesting. Amongst, you know, like the indigenous peoples of the of the Andes and whatnot. So yeah. um so I do 
the 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 thing that is sort of is inter- an interesting juxtaposition is that then they have like those uh sling bullets which yeah. seem to be like i don't know if they're just made out of like well it's they sodium. made them with lithium it's <laughs> sodium. sodium yeah yeah um baldanders actually tells him specifically later um it's natrium he says which is another term for sodium there it and is yeah sodium is very reactive with water and so you know it, i it would it would probably not behave precisely as as described in this um but but yeah the idea being like it goes in you know a bunch of the outer layer reacts and it you know launches the the rest of the chunk of sodium up in the air and when it falls back down in the water it you know it it goes off again um yeah i thought that was cool ooh yeah, I mean, there's another unless... little bit by the way okay. um which is which is germane to, to something later uh the uh pia the the mm. the the slave basically um who who helps him um it's mentioned in passing that she has uh, uh shackles of watered steel which is another term for damascus steel mm. okay and the big thing later on of course is is ball danders accumulating all this ancient knowledge and all this this like you know technological know-how um so i felt like that was a little like aside, because where would the where would the lake people have uh, you know where would the people of the shore have you know who who don't seem to have really like metal blades or anything where would they have have gotten Damascus steel from yeah mm-hmm. except presumably from from the castle so yeah um, well, also go ahead yeah. no I was just gonna say, I think we 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 might not have mentioned that um so there's the, the you know the the village along the river but then there's also the people who are living on these <clears throat> islands that are just like floating around um which I don't know if that's a real thing or not but yes um, it is in, a real thing in yeah in in part uh, I don't know if it's as developed as here mm-hmm. but like um like this is a, a very um sort of like land efficient way of uh around um uh what is it lake uh Trulcoco in mexico um as well as you know like many lakes near the the shores um the indigenous peoples would would in like basically weave together a a false terrain um, yeah I believe and, that the Aztecs um, did something similar where they would use like they would use like uh, like tree trunks and they would kind of like weave them together and then put like turf and soil on top of them mm-hmm. and use them for for like uh, uh, farming. Wow. Yeah, for farming and, and have them like floating on the, on the tops of water. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 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 really interesting because here it's it's become like that's like their land yeah. as well. Uh, which is a really cool like thing that I wish I'd see more. I don't know, like more people like doing things like that. You know, it just feels very, very odd. Seasteading. We're all we're all yeah. buying Bitcoin and becoming yeah. libertarians. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <I see>. yeah, <laughs> they, they, yeah. Instead, the, instead of they, this, the, the, the lake people are just trading too many too many little monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they join the, some some weird yeah. startup. That's like a, you know. <laughs> The yeah, well, the they, they initially all joined Castle LLC and then got burned <laughs> real bad. Hmm. Um, which is like that's that's the that's where you start hearing the story from the other end, right? From the people who had been most affected by uh, the people at the castle, uh, 
this is a castle that we've heard about before. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you realize, oh, this sounds somewhat, somewhat familiar, you know? And it's, it shouldn't be, it's not like played like it's a big reveal or anything like that. It's Severian is surprised. We should not be. Yeah. Um, uh, I do love that uh, when they get there, it's like, and then one of the towers had a gigantic thing on it that made it look like a gigantic mushroom. And you're like, there's a ship. It's like a saucer ship on top of the <laughs> castle. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I, I thought the, um, there's a funny propulsiveness uh, to this whole sequence. Um, there's a real interesting back and forth between, like, there's a lot of action. There's a big action yeah. set piece, right? Because so we kind of skipped a little bit over what happens. Uh, Sever- so they they take the claw from Severian, and he's not he's not initially very concerned about this. He becomes concerned later, um, very concerned uh, sh- shortly thereafter. But he's initially not that concerned. Um, the shore people say, "Hey, we we sent your sapphire off to the castle." the castle and um they sent us a sign back that we should bring you to them and so we're gonna do that and so they put him on their on their raft um pia jumps on the raft uh with with uh terminus est um and they're they're kind of sailing along and then these islands start following them and then severian um after seeing them launch one of the power bullets uh he he goes ah i have an idea and he he basically he does a cannonball ironically <laughs> yes. nice yes. little pun um and uh splash gets water on all the rest of their sodium balls which blows the hell out of uh the shore people's ship mm-hmm. um and basically allows the lake people to to pick them up of which uh pia is one of the lake people and so they they take her and him in um and uh but like it's that that's this big action thing right like this that that should be it's funny because like it it's it's written propulsively but it doesn't go on for a terribly long amount of time it's only you know it's like seven or eight paragraphs maybe like like, yeah like a chapter yeah yeah and not even like a full chapter just simply like the back half of a chapter um but but between these things and around it there's all this interesting stuff um that he's talking about where like um uh when he is i think it's i forget if it's when he's let me see here it's it's before this happens when he's still um kind of reading his book and waiting for his dinner which will turn out to have shrooms in it um (laughs) he's he starts thinking about he he's trying to remember stuff that he thinks he's read in the brown book but he's like misremembering it or it's stuff that he didn't actually read and he's like i'm going insane something must be very wrong Oh no, um, I'm misremembering <laughs> things. Uh, and then, and then he has all these again, all these kind of like interesting, like f- philosophical asides. Like Severian never stops being Severian, mm-hmm. um, even in the midst of of combat. He's like still waxing poetic about about things. Um, and here's the bit that I'm that I, I alluded to earlier. Uh, he has this little aside. When he's describing, I think it's the experience of seeing the the, the castle and, and the ship above it. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to explain, like, I think, like, how strange it looks. And he says, 
We are like children who look at print and see a serpent in the last letter but one and a sword in the last. Um, basically saying we see the shape of the letters, an S and a T, uh, but don't read the word. And mm-hmm. of course, the last two letters in that sentence and a sword in the last are an S and, and a T. Mm. So I thought that was that that yeah. was cute that he's talking he's talking about the last word in the sentence he is now saying as as <laughs> only seeing it as the symbols and, and not as as letters. So I don't know. It I just like that Wolf remains Wolf even when yeah. Severian's like swinging his sword around and chopping stuff up and doing hijinks. Like he doesn't. I feel like one one of my complaints about a lot of a lot of kind of like mid tier sci fi books is like even some better ones is they'll be very poetic between the action stuff and then they get to the action and they're like you know spaceman spiff hefted his space laser xl 27 and fired 27 rapid fire shots directly into the ablative armor of the you know and and it just like they just totals (laughs) totally switch into like tom clancy mode Um, (laughs) (laughs) kinetic engagement to a permanent end yeah Meanwhile, uh, uh, Gene Wolfe is like, let me tell you about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you ever wonder how the Ark of a Sword is like the perfect Ark of God? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So um, so they see the castle. So, so mm. they see the castle. They see the ship. And um, this is sort of like this very... Um, uh very interesting thing oh uh, you know what let me let me hold on let me let me do something real quick because uh this is something that struck the that struck me uh and i had i had forgotten it until i was paging past it there's a moment where um severian is still with the lake people um and the their chieftain or or you know their their, their head guy has like a little fish symbol hanging around his neck and um Oh yeah, this was great. It's so good, right? Um, and so uh, it says, uh, Yibio had worn a fish carved from a tooth a- about his neck, and when I had asked him what it was, he said that it was Oanis, and covered it with his hand so that my eyes could not profane it, for he knew that I did not believe in Oanis, and uh, who must surely be the fish god of these people. Mm. I did not, yet I felt I knew any- everything about Oanis that mattered. I knew that he must live in the darkest deeps of the lake, but that he was seen leaping among the waves and storms. I knew that he was a shepherd of the deep, who filled the nets of the islanders, and that murderers could not go on to the water without fear, lest Oannes appear alongside, with his eye as big as moons, and overturn the boat. I did not believe in Oannes or fear him, but I knew, I thought, whence he came. I knew that there is an all-pervasive power in the universe, of which every other is the shadow." Um, and in that last, in that, in the last analysis, my conception of that power was as laughable and as serious as Oannes. You know, I knew that the claw was his and I felt that, uh, I felt it was the only, it was only of the claw that I knew that only of the claw among all the altars investments of the world. So yeah, uh, such a great little thing because he's like, yeah, uh, I, I knew nothing about this God. Uh, but I, I felt like I knew everything I needed to know about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, but by the way, that the, the description that you read of like, he must live in the darkest deeps of the lake, but he was seen leaping among the waves and storms. All that is, is so like evocative and it's just like a nice, very poetic sequence. 
um, that again, like Wolf doesn't do all the time in these books, but like when it pops up, it's like, oh, there's like there's the stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I I I had highlighted that that exact sequence too. Um, yeah, like by that, the way, it, that's just a, a mythology in a bottle. It's just like a tiny yep. little bottled bit of mythology. Anyway, you were gonna say? Oh, I I I, I was gonna say. So I read these on on Kindle. Um, and Kindle has this very irritating feature that I detest that I I typically turn off. I just got a new phone, so it was turned back on because it's on by default, where it shows you things that other people have highlighted. Uh, oh, I yeah. hate that so much. I detest <laughs> it, and I can't quite explain why. I just I just I, I hate I hate it. I hate it. I don't want I don't want uh, you know crowdsourcing impinging upon the novel. I'll be like, oh, this is an important sentence. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, and it's always like I, I used to when I, I first got my Kindle, I, I didn't I honestly didn't know what that was at first. But it's always because it's always like uh, if well, it usually peters out after like the first half of the book, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah it's, <laughs> it's usually like if there's like two in the introduction and then nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's always just like the, the lamest stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At least something like, you know, uh, it. I don't know. Happiness is a flower that grows after the rains of grief or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. yes. I mean, yeah, like a lot of the, the, the stuff that is usually highlighted is very much like what is love, but grief persevering, you know, oh. or, or whatever, or what is grief, but what, whatever it is, it doesn't get, I don't care. I, it's stupid ass fucking <sighs> memeable dialogue and shows. Fuck that shit. Anyway, so uh, I liked that Sever that nobody asks Sever. So so okay, what Severian says is nobody asked him to lead an army of uh, island people, lake people against the castle, but he knew that that they wanted him to, and that he felt that if he didn't, they would give him a hard time. Basically about it that like maybe he could get out of it, but that it would probably be a lot harder, and they might like get pissed off at him. Um, and I think it's so funny that, that cause it feels, that feels very like nineties fantasy adventure movie where like, you know, <laughs> the night has shown up and it's, you know what, it, it, it feels like, it feels like army of darkness when he has to train like all the peasants in, in, in like a uh, Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this golly. is my terminus est. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So uh, he 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 uh, convinces the lake people to let him go on ahead uh, to sort of scout things out and he'll give them a sign. Right. And they agree upon uh, that he's going to drop like some sort of flaming object, like a torch or a lantern, you know, from one of the heights and they'll see it from the, you know, from the lake uh, to await that signal. And so. uh he he walks up to the uh, to the castle tower, or uh, I'm sorry, to the castle gate, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and bangs a great iron knocker shaped so far as he could determine with his fingers, like the head of a man against the plate of the same metal set in oak. And here's where it it uh, we we resume the story as we know it. Right, um, mm-hmm. there was no response. <laughs> After I'd waited for the space of a score of breaths, I knocked again. I could hear the echoes walked and in, waked inside, an empty reverberation like the throbbing of a heart. But there was no sound of voices. The hideous faces I had glimpsed in the Altarx garden filled my mind, and I waited in dread for the noise of a shot, 
Though I knew that if the Hyraduals chose to shoot me, and all energy weapons came ultimately from them, I would probably never hear it. The air was so still, it seemed the atmosphere waited with me. Thunder rolled to the east. At last, there were footsteps. So quick and light, I could have thought... (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. The steps of a child. A vaguely familiar voice called, Who's there? What do you want? Mm. And I answered... Master Severian of the Order of the Seekers for Truth and Penitence, I come as the arm of the Autarch whose justice is the bread of his subjects. Mm, Do you indeed? exclaimed Dr. Talos (laughs) and threw open the gate. Yes. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Talos. And here we have Talos in full villain mode. I I, I might have mentioned this before, but when I picture Dr. Talos, I'm imagining like the. the, the like the foxy looking guy from Pinocchio, <laughs> like the, the who's like mm. leads them to um the island of, you know, the pleasure mm, island. I or, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I I always think of him as like almost like a monarch figure. <laughs> mm. I, I love this sequence with Dr. Talos. He says one of he. OK, he says for me what I think was the funniest line in all of these books that I can think of so far, which is, um, uh, he basically says, oh, you've, you know, you've come to see Bald Anders. You can see him. Um, he has your jewel, uh, and he'll probably give it back to you, but, um, he's, he's meeting with some Kekajins. Are you, are you okay with meeting them? And Severian's like, yeah, sure. Okay. And Dr. Talos goes, oh, you, oh, you were always a wonderfully unprejudiced person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, don't call them Kekajins. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we actually don't say Kekajins anymore. <laughs> yes. We don't say the C word anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to come into HR next week. <laughs> Look, Dr. Tales has a lot of higher dual friends, okay? <laughs> um, so we meet uh, Asapago, Barbatos, and Famulimus. Um, and uh, let's see if we I can find the description here because they, they're they strange. Um, yeah. one uh, like, It's like one's tall, one's short and round and um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, like I think it's Barbatus, or no, I'm sorry, Famulimus is the one that speaks. Mm. Um, Osipago is the short, round one. Barbatus is the the big guy, and Famulimus is like the one that speaks. Uh, like I believe, uh, what is it? An instrument, uh, like uh, like a, a wind instrument or something to that effect. Is I think the description. Hmm. They all, yeah, they all talk like it's. It's funny because you kind of it, it kind of describes them almost like a barbershop quartet. Because like 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 each one that hello, speaks hello has, hello yes yes because hello. each one that speaks has a lower like different voice than the next one it's like oh and this you know this one's voice was was a little bit lower and this one's voice was a little <laughs> bit lower still <laughs> and then of course there's uh there's uh King King Conan uh, Baldanders yes. on his throne <laughs> yeah with his big head. <laughs> just well you know giant he hasn't toddler. stopped he hasn't stopped growing yes that's right yeah and well and this is where like everything's confirmed that like uh dr talos was a uh humong- humongous homunculus yes yeah uh, created by baldanders and baldanders just has this like quest for knowledge where he's just doing all these like weird experiments and uh wait is 
This is oh yeah. He so when they when he comes upon Baldenders, he's like um doing uh, an autopsy on a living person, like yeah, yes. uh, you know, eviscerating one one of the I think it was an island one of the island girls. Um, yeah, yeah, and so he's just like this like he's this horrible monster. <laughs> like he's just like this like horrible guy who is like questing for um, so. Well, and, and I get, uh, so I, I got real, um, it, it reminded me a lot of, uh, f- uh, like Frankenstein because they mentioned yes. he, he, yeah, he's like this, you know, scientist and he's, um, created something out of like dead part, dead body so parts and things. Not, it, it, you, you are right. It is exactly like Frankenstein, not only in that the scientist aspect, but because Frankenstein is essentially patterned on an alchemist and mm-hmm. Baldanders is heavily patterned. On an alchemist, and mm. there's there's a few big uh, hints at this. Um, it, uh, he has machinery, but it's not really described in technical terms. It's described in very gothic, kind of creepy, almost ritual terms. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the the woman being like autopsied, or I guess technically uh, vivisection, since she's still alive in some yeah. way, is under like a big bell jar, like a big glass jar. Yeah. Um, but the the two big tells are one is the term homunculus, which is an alchemical term um, for basically like like creating like a new person from from raw stuff. Uh, it was usually some combination of of like precious metals and minerals and like semen and urine, and they would pray over it and do all this stuff. And the idea was that like it would basically create create a tiny person that would grow into a larger person, exactly like Baldanders. Um, himself is doing uh and then the other thing again is the fact that what is the technology that baldanders seems to have given to the people around him it's not it's not machines it's it's elements Mm. and compounds he's given them pure sodium uh and he's given them damascus steel so he's he's basically he's he's essentially an alchemist yeah. Um. In these like weird far future terms, or or if he's doing science, it is I de- it it is the 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 difference between alchemy is one purely of you know aesthetic instead of output. Yeah, I mean, um, your, and he does point- live in a spooky gothic tower. Also, yes, <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, I, I think that your your point uh, about it being Frankenstein uh, and being modeled that way is you know it's obviously a little bit of um. A, a little bit of uh, cleverness and sleight of hand by Wolf, who is now leaning very heavily uh, on this idea of a uh, a history of the future, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a point, and I forget if it's after the the battle on the Bailey or whatever, that uh, Talos basically confides in. Uh, confides Severian is like, oh yes, now you understand it. See, this is the type of thing: the castle, the monster, the yeah. battle on you know on the battlements and blah blah blah, and that will cast its shadow uh, you know backwards through time as well. And it's like, oh, clever, Gene, clever, yes. very good. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like it, it, you know, it, from the from the get go, when we got hints of that in uh, Doctor Talos's plays and whatnot, you know, it, it's something that Gene's been you know sort of hinting, been hinting at very much so, um, mm-hmm. and trying to make that connection. I did love the the aside that um, so the the leader of the Lake People tells Severian like, 
you know, when the castle, so, so Severian's like, what did the, what did you ever see the builder of the castle? And he goes, yes, he was, he was a little guy. Uh, it was just his little guy. It's the birthday guy. Um, he was he was no taller than your shoulder. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't attack my castle, would you? Yeah. I'm just a little birthday I'm boy. Just a little guy. Um, and, and he says, and later the the larger man arrived. And um, when Severian mentions this to Baldanders, he says the <laughs> yeah. little guy was me. Yeah, because exactly. Ba- Baldanders started out very small and and just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And of course, you know, it's it was like the great grandfathers of the current shore people so yeah it makes sense yeah. that you know baldanders has, has been around for i think he says uh i who have lived for three childhoods at, at one point <laughs> well i that that reminds me of uh, a friend had uh his his uh his uncle who you know it's just uh, has a little bit of a de- developmental delay um uh, at his 60th birthday uh said that you know here i am at the the middle of my life and uh, you know it was like hey you know uncle that's that's a, you, that's a good that's a good track record if this is the middle of your life <laughs> but yeah anyway uh it, that's what brought that to mind um but yeah the the um it is also um it reminds me a little bit about uh, Jekyll and Hyde too. Mm, yeah, uh, where in in this case it's the opposite, right? Where in, instead of Hyde wanting to some somewhat somehow divide up his personality, you know, amongst the the vices, you know, like the 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 personality that wanted to do all the nasty stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and slowly the 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 side that he kept repressed kept getting bigger and bigger so you know he he brought uh dr talos to basically help him unleash like whatever it is his project is he wants to become basically one of the one of the um what is it the megatherians or whatever just live under the ocean because he's going to be so big Mm. but um so one thing that um i don't know if you picked up on this uh kurt uh, did you notice um, there's something odd about how the Hierodules, uh, Osmago, Barbatus, and Famulimus um, exist? Is it weird about how they exist? Like, like how they're treated and like their appearance uh, well, in, in in the story, I should say. Well, there's there's three things um, that. I, I, so, I mean, their physical appearance, one is that they're wearing masks and Severian knows that they're wearing masks and then finds out that beneath those masks, they have on other masks <laughs> that, that, that look horrible. So they're, they're wearing like a normal looking human face over a scary face. And under that, they actually just kind of have like a, like a somewhat normal human face. Again, is it, is that what you mean? Uh, not so much. There's I'm also a saying... reference to like, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say there's also a, a reference to like one of them makes a hand gesture, and Severian's like, "Oh, like human human arms don't bend that way." <laughs> <laughs> no, right, right. So what to to what were you referring? So so I I wonder because obviously uh, we're supposed it's supposed they're supposed to evoke um like the the three wise men, right? Um, oh, I didn't yeah. even think of that. That makes there, sense. There's that, um, but there's also on top of that, I felt like literally. Uh, this feels very much like a, a call to T.H. White, but it's very, it's very subtly employed. Um, we're supposed to understand that this is the first time 
the Hyrodules, these specific ones, have ever met Severian, and that this may be the last time. But then later on, like, um, there's a little uh, uh, point where they're leaving, and uh, Famulimus uh, is accompanying Severian to the gangplank or, or whatever you want to call it exactly, and says, um, "Though you did not pa- now pass our test, I meant no less what I what I said to you." His voice was like the music of some wonderful bird bridging the abyss from a wood unattainable. How often we have tank- taken counsel, Leech! How often we have done each other's will! You know the water women, I believe, are Osipago, brave Barbatus, I to be so much less sapient than they. And so right before he redirects the question or redirects the statement into a question, there's something happening there, which um, we're supposed to understand that they come from the future. They're traveling backwards in time. And in that way, this oh. is like a, a TH weight uh, uh, with Merlin type yeah. of flourish, right? I didn't get that. No, I didn't think of that. Although now that you mention it, it does it does make sense because oh, by the way, I like that um Baldand I, I I think Baldander says basically like um the hybridules live for about as long as a dog does. Like they don't <laughs> they they don't live for as long as people. Mm-hmm. It basically is what he seems to be saying. Um which is interesting and Severian's like what? What are you talking like what? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> Um, which is, which is an interesting aside. Yeah. So that, that I didn't pick up on that, but that's interesting. So how, so wait, explain to me again. So it's, it's, how are we supposed to get that from this? Well, I mean, so there's this, and then there's a couple of like very, um, very careful, uh, pieces of dialogue. I think, uh, Barbatos mentions like almost in a, in a, uh, a stage whisper, you know, like, Oh, uh, you, you can tell them anything as long as you're very careful with how you say it. And then, so if we're thinking about time travel and we're thinking about free will, yeah, you don't want to tell the subject of something that you want to affect the future of anything that could make the future determined does that make sense ah i see okay interesting yeah hmm yeah i I missed all this as well kurt (laughs) i mean it's it's like super subtle you actually have to be looking for it i did so i did get the thing about like the future echoing back into the past i did i did because that's said explicitly by somebody maybe maybe dr talos um, so I did, I did pick up on that. I didn't pick up on, on the aspect of, uh, the Hyredals. Um, although I know that you've mentioned it to me in the past, but I, I read eyes open, mind empty. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, so yeah. So then, uh, I mean, there's the, 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 the Hyredals leave <laughs> and apparently that's when, uh, I forget. It's basically an argument over the the claw, um, and uh, Baldenders, you know, like has it, and Severian wants it back. And again, we're we're faced with another sort of trial, right, for the claw. Yeah, and um, 
And so uh, Baldender's basically uh, has made it pretty clear that he believes it to be like a, a superstitious object. He doesn't want it. Mm. Um, he has a really funny thing that he's God, what is he? He says something like, uh, it's, 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 he says like a very like Christopher Hitchens thing. It's like you, you who are ignorant in your theurgy or something like that, <laughs> or, or theosy or something like that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the the theosophy or whatever. Something theosophy. Yeah, it's, it's no. I he says something specific. I'll I will search for it and find it. But I. You know what? It's it's not important, but it sounded like a very like Reddit atheist, like in this moment I am transcendent sort of thing, <laughs> where he was kind of like shit talking Severian for being superstitious, basically. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it turns out that uh, when Baldenders basically says, "Yeah, you don't need this," and he tosses it over the uh, the edge of the 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 castle wall, that uh, a- as it's being like it, as it was in his hands, it was like bright you know brightly shining and when he tosses it like that actually ironically serves as the signal for the forces to then start coming in to the castle um so you know that that was the the, the bright light that Sever- is that supposedly severian was going to toss uh, as the signal it turns out it's baldanders who did it so mm-hmm. oh you know. before then there's two things that are very funny um one is uh, when um, Falupamus, Fal- I forget, I forget, hey, yeah. I forget the Famulimus, Famulimus, uh, takes off the mask, and bam, it's a hot lady. Oh yeah, Severian's back on track, baby. Uh, I, I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Down bad for a yeah. Alien, He's like, hello, ladies. <laughs> Did you? Are you telling me there are ladies amongst the stars as well? Uh, and um, the other thing that's funny is um, Severian's like, but wait, I don't understand, Doctor Talos. I've seen you. I I've seen you beat Baldanders. Like you've, I, I've seen you beating the shit out of him. And Doctor Talos goes, oh well, that was just that was just to wake him up. You know, there. You know, um, does the Autark not have an isochronon that he keeps in? You know, in in his chambers that 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 wakes him at certain times to keep him from being assassinated. And it's, it's an alarm clock. He's talking about an alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. He's like, Oh, this wondrous piece of technology, the alarm clock, <laughs> a clock it has AM FM radio. Well, I, I, I also like the implication that the, that the analog version of the alarm clock is actually some guy coming in with a cane and <laughs> just like laying into you to wake you the fuck up. <laughs> like that was how you that's how people got it up in the olden times and perhaps even if you're not an autark um but yeah, <laughs> well uh kurt that that was also like uh yeah like the 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 way that you make sure that you have like baldanders needed an in in system uh healthcare provider so he made one so you know that's how that works um in any case, so we start with the fight in the Bailey, uh, and uh, basically this is like uh, yet another um, action-packed sequence where uh, Baldanders apparently has like a weird anti-gravity belt and a uh, like a pulse mace or something. It's yeah, there was he's like swinging around this like um, yeah mace that's like crystal and has some sort of like glowing it's like glowing and uh yeah 
it's he's it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> like I mean, it's 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 it, I mean it's it's full pulp science type shit. Honestly, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, but but that's also like one of these things that is really interesting because um, one of the things that um, seems to be um, the the subtext of this fight is Baldander's the man of science uh, versus mm. you know Severian who is you know superstitious and believes in this faith stuff mm, and uh yeah like it, it is interesting right because mm-hmm. uh i i feel like uh to kurt's point like the if we do take bald anders as in like a, a, a stand-in for alchemy um in the book then to a certain degree he's sort of like the the science of that period Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he's like an alternate route to, uh, the new sun supposedly. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Hmm. By the way, we, we skipped over what happened to Dr. Talos where, um, uh, Severian thinks that Bald Anders is about to fight him. He's actually just like, he's kind of just, I guess he's just running to get his, his cool stuff. Um, and, uh, Dr. Talos, um, lifts his, what Severian thinks is his cane. And it turns out to be like a super bitch and sword cane. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, Severian yeah, yeah. kind of just whacks the shit out of him with a uh, terminus. I, I don't think he, I don't, it's not, it's unclear if, if, if he's dead or not, but he's, he gets messed up pretty bad. And he basically says like, Oh, it turns out that doc, doc, Dr. Talos was like incredibly weak and frail. As it yeah. turns out. <laughs> 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 Who would have thought that this lanky guy that's sort of made out of his spit and like a bunch of stuff that Baldur just found in his lab uh, would fall apart when I hit him with this relic of the past, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, so yeah, the, the, the fight uh, begins on the, uh, like on the parapets or the Bailey is uh, it's called in, in the, in the chapter. Um, and in one of the things, I think it basically ends with Severian basically being almost tossed over the side of the wall. Mm-hmm. He's hanging on by one hand. He sees at the last moment, he sees uh Baldander sort of like raising his, his mace overhead and he uh, raises Terminus Est to intercept the blow. And in that same moment, uh, they clash together and Terminus Est blows apart. Mm. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. The, after, after, you know, uh, Master Palaman, you know, spent so much time yeah. uh, you know, keeping it for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like at, at after everything said and done, basically, uh, you know, like he he ends up with like a piece of the the sword sticking out of a hilt, and mm-hmm. that's about it. Funny how often that happens in 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 books to cool swords. <laughs> well, I mean, and, don't the um all, all the mercury is running out, and he's just yeah, like, oh, that's true, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all over I my hands. Put it in my mouth for safekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I don't feel so good. <laughs> um, don't the uh, don't don't like the 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 lake people come out and then like stab the shit out of uh, Baldanders? Then uh, he, I think, 
I forget the, if he comes if he, they come after him and he, he jumps big, over the wall. Yeah, he does a big belly flop into the this the lake. Um and, and like and and to this day he may still be down there. That's right. Like and, that's more or less how it ends. Yeah. And, well and uh, oh, the lake you're people, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the lake people are fighting some of his like creations, which sounds like, you know, other lake people that he's like um you know n- you know stitched together into these like horrendous creations like these monstrosities well yeah like uh, go ahead oh n- n- no uh, go ahead go ahead no I, I i think that um there's a there's a, a uh an odd phrase that is used which is like um he he makes the 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 distinction that they that those are not Baldander's uh, like forces, but they're simply not his. Uh, they're not his enemies either. Or something yeah. to that effect. So you know, it, it, so yeah, like they're just basically like whatever experiments have been like languishing down in the the levels have been all been set free. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also a part where um, he, uh, gosh, what is it? he he finds um uh, it, it's like a it's like a a child that's been grown to large size very quickly or something and he's oh, like oh yes and he's like is baldanders like like a pedophile um and mm. and there's some uh, 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 it's very it's very strange um, yeah, well cuz he finds him in his bed in baldan right. in this gigantic like sunken bed that's like flush with the floor yeah it's that was really really strange and yeah. there's like no explanation for it or well i think that the the message we're supposed to take away from this is that um given that baldanders is if we're to believe that baldanders is a creature of pure science and quote rationality um then you know like there's no like science has no morality to it right mm-hmm. yeah so that's his that's his path mm-hmm. and that's you know like to a certain extent that's why um i think he's very very uh, upset with the hieroduls who initially had uh expressed interest in him as a possible I suppose a possible candidate for like the test that they're going to eventually, uh, you know, and you think they're going to put his hand in a box and, and ask him if he's fully human. (laughs) Well, they're going to ask him, uh, you know, what, what the, you know, what, what should we do with earth? (laughs) And I think that that's the, the question that they, that they hold in reserve for the new sun. Right. Uh, you know, in, in, um, Sort of like, do do you want a new sun? Yes, no. These are the consequences. Do you still want new sun? Yes, no. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, yeah, it. it uh, I think it's 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 sort of like um, a bit much given the amount of already sort of depraved shit that we've seen yeah. with Baldenders. Yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of. Um- that sequence in, uh, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, it, it reminds me of that sequence in, um, uh, what is it? The little god, the little goddess, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where it's 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 like oh, okay, like you know, she's in oh, the twelve year old Brahmin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like oh, well, it's a it's a it's it's a you know, it's it's a a man in a child's body who's who's got like a like a weird like jeweled strap on or something. It's very strange. It's like mm. it's like you know, you've you've taken you've taken some good strangeness and you've gone into the realm of the bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, <laughs> But still, yeah. I mean, still, like it's it's it does kind of, as you say, it, it does push this idea of, um, you know, science absent morality, or or just this this idea of of like the, you know, the the mad scientist, essentially, for lack of a better term, or the mad alchemist, as it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, just hmm. asking questions, type of type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um. So then, uh, basically, you know, like Terminus Est is no more, uh, and you know, basically, Severian sort of like, uh, sort of almost grieves the loss of uh, the sword, and then goes about and you know is like spends like two days along the shore of the lake trying to find the claw in the aftermath, mm-hmm. and. Uh, finally finds it except that it is uh the gem has shattered uh and he finds that which was at the core of it right yeah um which was uh what is it it's like a basically it's like a cruel hooked thorn that he finds in the the center of that was at the center of the gem and he keeps that close to him and uh, that's where we end, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I've taken you, I've carried your reader from fortress to fortress, and so yes. on and so forth. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, um, ten out of ten would read again. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, in general, I do, I do appreciate uh, sort of like the new new stuff that you find when you do reread. So. Always it's, great. It's, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's got a very different um all three of these books had a very different sort of pacing to them mm-hmm. um than I've really read anything of uh, before. It's it, 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 they just have this kind of strange like I don't know, like meandering quality to them, but it's like a purposeful meandering. It's it, I, I don't really know how to describe it. It's almost like a shaggy dog story, but like it never, it it, it never has the complete, like, you know, like, like fall on its face, like a shaggy dog story has. It's just kind of like goes from moment to moment and it never really, um, it, it, it almost has the tone of a farce where it's just characters like stumbling around getting into trouble. You know, and getting in and out of trouble, like it's it, it's almost got like like it's almost got the structure and and like pacing and tone uh, of like a Jeeves and Worcester novel, almost. What mm. shit is Kurt? This y- y- I think you're right. I mean, like now that you're making me think, you're making me think about it. This does feel a lot like um, 
like these weird uh, sequences in Candide, you know, that type yeah. of thing where it's yeah, like, because it's like, well, I'm going to go over here and I got sidetracked by this other thing. And this person yeah. wants me to do this thing. And I don't even get to complete that because, you know, a distant cousin runs up and says, oh, you've inherited a large sum yeah. of money. But before I got to Outerborough Gravia, you know, the, the train broke down and, and I had to help, you know, a, a series of bear hunters, you know, relace their shoes or, you know, whatever. Dumb yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, um, what picaresque, you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is really interesting because, um, throughout we are still sort of like l- coming to learn who Severian is, um, and trying to figure out like how much of this is structured these ways because Severian from the future wants us to read it certain ways. Uh, you know, it's, it's very strange. Um, but, but I, you know, in the end, I do think, uh, it is worthwhile because it, it's, it's such a great exercise to, to just read and completely get into like the vibes of these books and know that at some point, you know, Gene Wolf never makes it boring. Uh, and eventually he'll give you some, some of the pulp stuff. He'll give you the action sequence that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, these are not complaints i guess is what i'm is what i, I, I think is what we're trying <laughs> yeah, to say is like, no 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 yeah it's, yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's it's, very different it's not it is it's it is. like th- just the fact that nothing ever gets accomplished really yeah N- like uh, the entire time um severian's been trying to give the claw of the conciliator back to the pelerians and he never does no. He never even really finds them. He briefly finds someone who used to be one of them uh, and then runs off in a totally different direction. Um, he does succeed. He does successfully get the Thrax for all yeah. of like, like a minute. Yeah. Yes, he um, does. And, and then he's then, always like, he's like, peace out. Yeah. That's basically, the, basically the only thing he manages to successfully accomplish in, in all this time is getting the Thrax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You guys were so disappointed when it lasted all five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, again, like, I don't think it was a mistake to do so, but like, you could have easily done a whole book about him, you know, being in Thrax and, and dealing with all the ins and outs of, you know, high society. And, and like, the, the, that would be a very, you know, that would be a very rich vein to mine. Um, mm-hmm. And obvious, but at the same time, you know, the the book has so much to it that is small sequences of of other books. So much of this. so, So like a lot of adventure books will have a couple sequences where people are traveling through the back country. Right. Okay. Perfect. Perfect example. Um, throughout two towers, uh, um, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli are are you know searching for their lost Hobbit friends, um, and they're kind of riding th- through the country. And at the same time, you know, uh, Frodo and Sam are are traveling along with uh, Smeagol. Um, but but those are only like bits and pieces of 
of the book, the parts where they're traveling and you're seeing the world. And like 90% of these, these books is just traveling around and seeing the world. And Severian gets to a place and he sees it and he meets a couple people and then he moves on to the next place. And it's never, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't burn all its wick doing like, you know, the parlor drama stuff. Gene Wolf feels so, so interested and excited to get on to the next place and to show you all these other ideas that he has for other stuff that that could exist in the world. And although it's a very slow effect, I think cumulatively, even though it's hard to form the picture at the start, you build up this very rich idea of of the world to, to the point that like, but by the time I was reading about like the lake people on the islands i'm envisioning like the fading kind of reddish brown light of of the old sun you know fading and and how strange everything would have looked and the strange half light of everything and and it took on this weird ominous gothic quality that you know i i think just comes from having read page after page after page of just seeing the different locations in the world whereas i think a different book would have picked one or two locations right but mm-hmm. book one would have been in the citadel the 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 entire time um you know book two would have been in thrax the entire time one of them would have been in in the house absolute the entire time and those would be the main locations and you would only get bits and glimpses of the outer world um and instead this is all the outside world and you get you only get you know bits and pieces of the quote unquote important locations and it's just a very different way of doing a book um and it's it's a pretty cool way of doing it though yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, right. I mean, yeah. Like it, he, he throws away ideas that somebody else would, you know, totally like make a career off of. <laughs> yeah, like do a 17 book series or something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So, um, I guess these are our last thoughts. Uh, fellas, are you ready for uh Citadel? Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Yeah, I am ready. I'm excited. Hell yeah. All right. So that's, that's where you'll find us next time. Oh, wait, before we do, did you notice that Severian points out that Agia kind of looks like the word again? Oh, yeah. As in she keeps <laughs> recurring. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I like she'll that. Be back. Well, and she, he, he does uh, uh, point out that uh, Pia and Agia sort of look alike except that Ajia seems to be a little bit lighter skinned and freckled right so mm. uh it, oh, it, yeah. it's it's one of those things that um there's a theory uh or not a theory i think it's uh it's described but just subtly again that Ajia might be um sort of a toxin or like of indigenous blood mm. um so she's supposed to look a certain way mm-hmm uh, anyway, it's it's just hmm. nothing nothing really that important. Just simply, these are small details. <coughs> In any case, um, I think that is it, right, fellas? We're mm-hmm. I don't have got our last thoughts out. All I right, wonder excellent. what cool sword Severian will get in the next book. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. He's heading north. He's heading north towards the front of the of of the the Great War. So that's where we'll find you next time, folks. All right. So thanks, gents, for for, for reading these yeah. and talking about them with me. And uh, to everyone out there, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Podside. <laughs>